Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, our Life Church Christmas Carol service this morning. My name is Rachel. And uh, I'm Luke. And we are going to be hosting this morning's meeting um, here today. Um, I'm going to welcome our first um, of our readings this morning. Uh, Gordon's going to come up and read um, Luke 1. Our first reading is Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 37. The birth of Jesus foretold. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Well, good morning, everybody, and a very happy Christmas to you. Uh, In our first reading, which we just heard, we heard, amongst other things, that the gift that God wants to give us at Christmas is a person. And on this point, I thought maybe I would begin just by telling you guys, if I may, a funny story. Would that be okay? Okay, so first of all, here's a picture of my wife and our four kids. And uh, I'd like you to know that when my wife, Julia, and I had been married for two years, I invited her out for a wedding anniversary meal. This is at a local restaurant, this is a romantic occasion, and the evening was going really well. So well that I plucked up the courage to ask my wife, Julia, a question that I had never, ever asked her before. I asked her, why did you marry me? (laughs) And she answered, Well, I could see that you needed help. (laughs) Incredulous, I asked, what do you mean? She said, you weren't normal. She said, you needed sorting out. And she wasn't kidding, because the truth is that for the three years before I got married to Julia, I only ate tinned meat. People over here are shocked. It's true. There were four tins that I used to rotate. Sainsbury's chili con carne, Sainsbury's chicken korma, Sainsbury's chicken madras, and in my opinion, the prince of Sainsbury's tin meat range, chicken supreme. 
In fact, Julia looked me in the eye once and she said, I know dogs that have got a more varied diet than you. <laughs> but Julia has been a gift to me. Folks, 32 years ago, I was doing what most of us in the room were doing last weekend. I was watching England play in the World Cup on the TV. I was in a, a bar, there was hundreds of people, we were all packed in, we're watching England play in the World Cup. It was Italia 90, and it was England versus Belgium, and it was nil-nil at the end of 90 minutes. We're going into extra time, and at the end of extra time, it's still nil-nil. It looks for all the world as if we're going to penalties, and then, in the final minute of extra time, Paul Gascoigne chips the ball over the Belgian defence. And David Platt swiveled to volley the ball into the net for the winning goal. And in that moment, as the ball hit the back of the net and the bar erupted in celebrations, in that moment, I kissed people <laughs> who I'd never met. <laughs> I've told you stories about two people, Julia Holloway and David Platt. And in our reading, Luke wants us to know that the gift is a person. You see, you can have a relationship with a person. You can have a relationship with a retired footballer. David Platt's got a wife called Rachel. He's got a son called Charlie. You can have a relationship with a... Uh, a science teacher called Julia Holloway who lives in uh, Blackwater in Hampshire and works at a school in Bagshot in Surrey. You can have a relationship with a person, but you can't have a relationship with uh, an idea or an ideal or a concept or a theory. You can't have a relationship with a theory. But Luke wants us to know that the gift that God gives us is a person. It's a someone. And with this gift, God says... Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In fact, the baby Jesus himself grew up to promise us that if we do follow him, he says, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. We're going to um, have our second reading now, so please do take a seat. Uh, and my good friend Josh is going to come and read our second reading for us. This is the second reading, John chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. The reason Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Well, in our second reading that we heard just a few moments ago, uh, we heard that the gift shows that you are valuable to God. Four Christmases ago, I saw a story on the news. It was a funny story about a woman who's down the supermarket and she's got in this enormous Christmas food shop. She's got a big family to feed. She's got two trolleys absolutely overflowing with Christmas food. She's in the queue at the checkout, but she's got that sinking feeling because she is worried that she has already maxed out the credit on all three of her credit or debit cards. So as the queue is getting shorter, 
she's beginning to kind of wonder, well, what will happen? Like, what happens if all my stuff gets scanned? It's all bagged up. And then it's, oh, sorry, madam, that card's been declined. Oh, sorry, madam, that card's also been declined. She's thinking about all this and pressure's rising. All this time, of course, the queue's getting shorter. Till eventually, there's only one bloke ahead of her in the queue. And this bloke's just got one basket. And he's only got four items in his basket. So his four items, of course, get scanned really quickly. And then after the fourth item is scanned, the cashier, his face lights up. He says, sir, my screen is telling me, sir, that congratulations are in order. So my screen is telling me that you, sir, have just won our free shopping competition. Sir, my screen is telling me that you, sir, are our one millionth customer. And that means, sir, that all the items that you have brought to the checkout today are all absolutely free. The bloke looks down at his four items, but without missing a trick, he turns to the woman behind him in the, in the queue, a total stranger. This is the woman with the two trolleys full of shopping. And without missing a trick, he throws his arms open wide. He looks at her and he shouts, darling, <laughs> darling, we've won. And he gives her a massive hug. And she realizes what's going on. She gives him a massive hug back. And yes, all of her shopping gets scanned. She gets all of her Christmas shop completely free. So of course, she felt really valued by him because I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about maybe 300 quid's worth of Christmas food shopping that she got absolutely free. But what if he had given her more? Let's just imagine for a moment that he'd given her even more than that. Let's imagine that for some reason, this bloke decides to sell his house and give this woman all the proceeds from the sale of his house. And let's imagine he then decides to go down the bank in the building society and he empties out all of his accounts. In fact, let's imagine he decides to cash in his pension. Imagine if this bloke decided to give that woman every single penny that he had in the world. Well, she would feel even more valued by him. But what if he had given her even more than that? The Bible says that the most precious thing that God the Father had was his one and only son. So, because God has given you his one and only son, you can be sure that you are valuable to God. We're going to have our next reading read by Abin Buller. Um, so welcome, Abin Buller. Our third reading is from Luke 2, 8 to 14, the shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. In our third reading, we heard that the gift God wants to give us can bring you joy and peace. Folks, my story is that I didn't go to church. Uh, I didn't go to church. I didn't have any friends who went to church. But then I was invited along uh, out of the blue to a church. It was actually a bit like this church. And I met a group of people there who had a sense of peace that wasn't dependent on their circumstances. And at their carol service, the assistant pastor, his name was Malcolm Kite, he did a talk at the carol service, and it was called, What's the Point of Christmas? And he said that if we accept God's gift of Christ at Christmas, then Christ will provide us with peace and joy in this life and in the next. But how? Well, at this point, I was wondering whether maybe you and I could have a bit of festive fun because I've got here, you may possibly be able to see a box. And I can tell you that this box, ladies and gentlemen, is full of Christmas paraphernalia and Christmas tat. And I was thinking that as I take each item out of this box, you could cheer for any item that you want to keep in Christmas, or alternatively, ladies and gentlemen, you could boo loudly for any item that you want to delete or purge from Christmas. So we're kind of editing Christmas, yeah? Are you up for this? Okay, so you've got the routine. Remember, cheer loudly for stay, boo for bin. Are you ready? First item, ladies and gentlemen, is my turkey hat. Strangely, people on my right dislike the turkey hat. People on my left like it. I think, well, bin the turkey hat. Now, I predict, I predict this next item will sharply divide opinion in Peterborough this morning. I am, of course, talking about Brussels sprouts. Okay, okay. All right. These sprouts, of course, otherwise known as the devil's grapes. What else have I got here? Um, now, again, interesting that this again divides opinion. I've got here Christmas pudding. Oh, okay. See, not everybody likes Christmas pudding. Okay, thank you for that. I've also got here, hey, I've got some satsumas. You've got to love satsumas. Yeah, okay, no boost for that. Now again, this could be controversial. I've got here um, stocking for the dog. No, booing and in fact hissing. I've never ever had hissing for the stocking for the dog. How about the ho-ho-ho dog biscuits inside? What do you think of them? All right. Now, I've also got here a bin bag, and you might say, well, what's that, what's that got to do with Christmas? Well, let me tell you that um, on Christmas morning, when all through those years when my kids were little, and on Christmas morning, all my kids have ripped open their Christmas presents, and the living room floor is strewn with little tiny pieces of wrapping paper. 
I've discovered that it's someone's job to get down on their hands and knees and pick up every single piece of wrapping paper. And just for my interest, how many of you other dads or indeed granddads here this morning, this is also your job on Christmas morning. Could you raise a hand? Just raise your hand so that I can see. Yeah, okay, so it's not just me. Now, we should not complain. We should not complain about this job because the alternative adult job at this point on Christmas morning is to rush around with a piece of paper and a pen saying, who was that from? Who was that from? <laughs> now, I, uh, I grant you that it may be that I only think like this because I do carol service talks, but one year I'm standing there with my bin bag, putting all the rubbish in the bag, and I must admit, I did think back to Malcolm Kite and his Christmas carol service talk, What's the Point of Christmas? Because believe it or not, Malcolm Kite had used a bin bag to try and illustrate what the point of Christmas was. So this is what he said. He said, just imagine, he says, if my left hand is you and me, and let's imagine that God is somewhere up here. This is just for the sake of the illustration. He said, we were made for a relationship with God, with nothing in the way, he says. But he says, the thing is, he says, it's the rubbish in my life that gets in the way of my relationship with God. He says, let me see if I can explain what I mean, he says. Just imagine, he says, that there was a video camera and that somehow this video camera had managed to record everything you had ever said, everything that you've ever thought, and everything that you have ever done. He says, how would you feel if somebody edited together your top 10 worst ever thoughts and projected them on the screen right now? Well, can I just break into his talk and just explain? If this was me, if it was even one of my worst ever thoughts, if you knew what I'm really like, I would be gutted. I'd be devastated if you knew what I'm really like. But then he says, as we're watching our worst ever thoughts, he says, well, he says, if we've fallen short of our own standards, how much more have we fallen short of God's? And actually the Bible says that actually all of us have sinned, that all of us fall short of the glory of God. So the glory of God may well be up there somewhere, but I can't see the glory of God clearly I'm separated by the wrong things I've done. Sadly for me, I can't go back and undo them. I can't turn the clock back and undo them. So I'm separated from God. In fact, the Bible says that the result or the wages of sin is death. And so when I die, I won't be in heaven with God because look, I've got this barrier still here. I can't get through. I'm facing an eternal separation from God, an eternal death. I'm facing the death penalty. This is the bad news. Malcolm Kite says. But then he says, hey, but look over here at my right hand. Just imagine that, that my right hand is Jesus of Nazareth. Here's somebody who the Bible says never sinned. So he had, if that's true, he had nothing separating him from his father until when he's 33 years old, when he dies on a wooden cross. And there in that moment, all of the sins of everybody who would ever believe in him, are placed upon him. This is bad news for Jesus. He's, he's cut off from his father for the first time in his life. But hey, Malcolm says, look at my left hand. Look, the barrier's been removed. 
It isn't half good news for you and me. He said, this is why the shepherds were told today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Because the baby, when he grows up, when he's about 33 years old, when he dies on the cross, he takes the death penalty, as he dies on the cross, that was coming to you and me. That's how come he's a saviour. He takes the death penalty that was coming to us. He saves us from it. He provides a solution. And so Malcolm says, look, it really is true to say that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son. So that now, if you believe in him, look, you won't perish. You will have eternal life. There's now nothing in the way. The barrier's been removed. And Malcolm says, look, do you know what? The gift that's on offer is actually even better than that, he says. He says, just imagine that this white sheep represents the perfect life of Christ. He says, if you believe in him, if you trust in him, if you are clothed with Christ, then what that means is that when God looks at you, all he sees is the perfection of his son. Doesn't matter which angle you come from, once you're clothed with Christ, once you're in Christ, when you believe in Christ, all God sees is the perfection of his son. And that's how come the message of Christmas really is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men and women on whom his favour rests. Can you see his favour resting on you? Because, you see, when you've come to trust in him, well, you know that when God looks at you, he just sees the perfection of his son. And that brings you a sense of peace and joy. Peace. And if you receive that peace, well, what a thing it is for you if you receive that peace in just a few minutes when we pray. What a thing it is for you to wake up then tomorrow morning and then every morning for the rest of your life knowing in your heart, hey, it doesn't matter what comes against me today. I know God loves me. I know God's got a good plan for my life. I've got peace with God. If you receive this peace when we pray in just a moment, what a thing it is for you next week. Maybe you're standing at a freezing bus stop, but you know in your heart, hey, I've got peace with God. And if you're not sure that you have got that peace, you can have it. Because the whole reason why Christ came into the world at Christmas is so that you can have this peace. And so if you want to receive that peace, I'd like to pray now, a prayer that you can pray to receive that peace. I'd like to pray the last thing we sang. The last thing we sang was the last verse of a little town of Bethlehem. And I'd, I'd like to make that a prayer that you can pray. You don't have to pray out loud. You can just pray silently. But in a moment, I'd like to pray, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And if you want, you can pray that prayer silently. If you are going to pray that prayer, then I'll add a short prayer that you might also like to make your own. So uh, if you like, you can bow your head or if you like, you can close your eyes or you can just look straight ahead. It really doesn't matter. But why don't we finish now with a prayer that you might like to pray 
If you want to receive that peace, then pray with me silently if you'd like to. Let's pray. And maybe this morning in the silence you are praying, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me, abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. And if you're praying that prayer, maybe you're praying something like this, dear Lord God, heavenly Father, I am sorry that I've sinned, that I've fallen short of your glory But thank you so much that at that first Christmas, you sent your son into the world to die on the cross as my substitute in my place instead of me. And now I'm turning to you. You are my saviour and Lord. Amen. Um, we've come to the end of our meeting this morning, so please do take a seat. Um, uh, thank you so much, Adrian, for coming to join um, us this morning and speaking to us. That's really brilliant. We have a couple of weeks break over the Christmas period. We'll be back on the 8th of January um, uh, in the new year. Brilliant. Well, all that's left to say is thank you so, so much uh, for coming this morning. God bless each and every one of you, and we hope you have a very happy Christmas.